I'm just a radio girl. I love things that talk to me. You LOL? I did. I truly laughed out loud. So this may be the dumbest thing in the whole world, but it worked on me. Natalie, how old are you? Six. I will pray with you now. Before you leave, I have to pray with you. I'm here for the people in the hood. Motherhood. You know, Jesus is my very, very best friend. Pray without ceasing, which is not some sort of so heavy I can't do it command. It is this breath of fresh air that I am involved in what God is doing in the earth today. I'm Lisa. I'm great. Everything's fine. Somebody just wrote on my Facebook page, please get your mom on Facebook. We want to be her friend. Do you want to be on Facebook? What is that? Are you on Twitter? I talked to the mailman. Is that Twitter? <laughs> Life with Lisa Williams is like a cake. Run around in the sun. Exactly. Put a sprinkler in the yard. This is life. This is this, this, this is, is life. This is life. 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 This is Life with Lisa Williams. You are listening today, and that is an honor to me. I'm so glad that you found the show. Yesterday, Julie Thomas talked about being brave, and that idea has been stirring in me now for 24 hours, thinking about you and me being brave and having a brave summer. And she's asked us to read through a book in the Bible in the Old Testament, the story of Esther. And I haven't had time to do that yet, but I did read a Bible verse that made me feel so brave. It is Psalm 121. I'm just going to read you the first verse. It says, I lift up my eyes to the hills. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. As I was praying this morning and and I found those verses, I realized how easy it is to be brave when you realize the one who made the heavens and the earth is there for you. And sometimes we need that because sometimes life is hard and it is not easy to be brave. But when we are brave, then we get to see the power of God operating in our lives. It's not always easy. It's most often scary. But this idea of being brave, please read Esther with us. And let's just think about this brave summer idea. There's a little boy who wants to be brave. He wants to be on the show today. He's between grades right now. He's kind of, I guess, out of work. He's between he's between second and third grade. He's looking for some work. And so, yeah, he wants to be a comedian maybe someday. He's been studying humor all of his eight years since I've known him. He's been studying humor, and he wants to be a cartoonist and write jokes and draw cartoons someday. So I thought I'd give the kid a break, give him a chance on the show. So that's coming up a little bit later after we hear from somebody who... Um, is not out of work, actually. He has several jobs. He's a life coach. He's a counselor. He's an author, and he's a speaker, and he's one of my closest friends. And he likes this idea of talking about being brave. It is Dwight Bain. So, Lisa, we were talking about a friend of ours who's gone through an incredible challenge and was unbelievably brave. Yeah. Because bravery, if you're five years old, is going you know, leaving mom's hand and going to kindergarten by yourself. Yeah. You know, because that's that's brave. Bravery, if you're 55 years old, may be um, having a hard conversation with uh, a toxic uh, person in your life. Yeah. Bravery is different at different stages. Have you ever noticed that? Yeah, I've been thinking about this so much since yesterday when Julie challenged us to be brave. I was thinking how it's brave to admit that you have sin in your life. It's brave to admit that you're tempted to do the wrong thing. It's brave to stay in a difficult situation and rely on God. It's brave to ask God for the plan and then to follow God. I mean, my brain has been brave spinning. Like I, 
it, it, it's brave to confront a toxic person. It's brave to hold your tongue when you want to lacerate somebody. It, I mean, it, just, it goes on and on, right? Everybody admires the man, the woman, the boy, the girl who has the courage to stand up and be brave. Everybody admires that person. But when it comes down to it, do I want to be that person? <laughs> Right. You know, you know, there's the right. bully on the playground and, you know, and the kid who stands up and says, you, you know, I mean, you know, the, you know, who was it? George McFly who says, you know, you take your hands and it just changed the whole course of history. The time space continuum and Doc Brown flying in a DeLorean from 1985. But do you but the problem be is, do you want to be that guy? Right. When he opened that door, he was thinking something else is going on. I've seen that movie more than once. I can quote the lines. I mean, I understand the deep theology. <laughs> of the time-space continuum. <laughs> he didn't want to be brave. He just showed up at the wrong place at the wrong time. But that's how it works with bravery in our life. Because for some people who are listening to this show, their bravery is being able to say, no, I know if I even let my mind go there that this temptation will take over. Because they're brave enough to look into the mirror and to face themselves. And, and, and you know what, Lisa? There's a way to do that that's safe. And it involves a pen and a piece of paper, maybe for some people, a computer keyboard. And it's this whole idea of journaling. Because if I can look into the mirror of my own soul, if I can write things down, I can control that. This is my guts poured out on paper. This is what I feel. This is what I fear. Because what I found is if I can take the things that make me so scared and I can get them in a controlled environment, like with a trusted friend and have a conversation, but for anybody... To, to be able to just journal and write things down. And it's pretty interesting. There's a lot of very successful people who journal. They just write things down and it helps them to be able to manage their moods, manage their emotions, manage their fears on paper. And I think that gives them courage to be able to face life. I think that's where the bravery comes from. Okay, so we're talking about journaling and being brave. And can you tell us a bit of your story? I don't really know everything, but I know that you've told me that you started journaling after your heart attack. Yeah, I had a heart attack, and it kind of um, redefined everything. And, you know, when you think, I've got my life figured out, and everything's going, you know, the way I want, and and then it all falls apart because of a health challenge. And then you can't work, and you spend months trying to just be able to walk upstairs normal again. And in all of that process, I had to go to something three times a week called cardiac rehab, because I couldn't drive, and my wife had to drop me off. And I'd go to cardiac rehab, and they'd give you these different exercises. And one of the therapists, I don't remember her name, but she said, have you ever journaled? Because you seem to worry about a lot of stuff. Oh, wow. And I said, <laughs> no, I've never journaled. You wow, know, I'm told so surprised. You, but I've never done yeah, it. Yeah, I'm so surprised because you, because you just seem like the kind of guy, well, yeah, you tell, you tell people to journal, right? You're a coach. You're a counselor. Yep. And, and, yep. Er, and everybody tells you you're supposed to journal, but you'd never journal. Yeah, yeah it's, it's like a doctor who says you should exercise, but he's never tried it. It's like, you know, oh, this exercise stuff really works out well. It's amazing. So what happened? So I started, yeah. um, uh, a, a very, very dear lady had given me a journal, and, and you know her name, Marie Cook. Oh, yeah. I want you to know it was so crazy. Marie gave me that journal for my 40th birthday, and I had a heart attack at 46, so it had sat on a shelf collecting dust for six years. <laughs> and six years later, God knew it would be there with Marie's writing about, you know, that, that you know, maybe this will open up your journey. Because I think that's what a journal does. A journal just allows us to be able to process and sort through the journey that God has us on. 
And that's a very good thing. There are very few places in life, Lisa, where people honestly sit down and look at their journey with God. And a journal is a way to do that. We barrel through life. See, journaling makes me slow down, which is very difficult for me because my I'm high speed. And when I stop to journal, yes, you have to stop and look at things. That's something else I'm learning at this time in my life. Stop running from pain. Stop running from the truth. Sit with it. Sit with it and yeah. have Christ sit next to you. And maybe journaling will be that key for somebody who just needs to sit, not run, not stuff, not deny, not harden your heart, not lie, just sit with the truth. And maybe journaling will be that catalyst for that. I think it will be. And I think for a lot of people, it'll be the beginning of their path toward freedom. So Marie's a wonderful friend that you and I have. And, um, and Marie and Tim had given me a journal to just be able to, just a blank, blank paper in a really pretty binder and... And, um, and I never used it. And it was like, oh, Marie, that's really sweet. Thanks. And I put it on a shelf and I thought, what am I going to do with this blank paper? So I already had a blank journal. So when the therapist at cardiac rehab said, I think you ought to try this. I already had one because of Marie's kindness. And I started writing out fears and doubts and will I ever be healthy again? And can I ever go whitewater rafting with my kids or, you know, do zip lines or do certain things? And, you know, well, I even just get to live and watch them finish high school and college and marriages and all the stuff that dads think about. And in the process of writing, the weirdest thing happened. I started to feel better. And it was just paper. Nothing had really changed. I still couldn't right. go to work. I still couldn't drive a car. But the fears were out. And so maybe I think that's when I look into Scripture, uh, particularly when you go into the Old Testament, Lisa. It's like every single person wrote down their fears and their doubts, and except King David called them the Psalms. And when you write things out, it doesn't seem like much, but it allows you to get the fears, the doubts out on paper, and then maybe to talk through those with a really trusted friend. And now we've gone from being fearful to being brave, because you did face the scary thing. You did face, what if this relationship doesn't make it? You did face, can we financially afford to... to continue our lifestyle you face the fears you just face it on paper in mm -hmm. a controlled way mm -hmm. and now you can manage those fears and you can develop a plan mm -hmm. and at least for me they weren't inside eating me alive and and that was a game changer for me that was the power of a pen and the power of a wonderful friend named marie who gave me a journal yeah and that um rehab woman who was brave enough to look at you and say you seem kind of messed up have you considered journaling? And that's not even her job. <laughs> She's not the counselor. You're the counselor. But here's a woman who's trying to help you rehab yep. your body. And she gave you a key. It, it, it's like this quote that's been haunting me lately that says the only, the only true ideas are those of the shipwrecked. Everything else is posturing and farce and conjecture. Because you had ideas that journaling mattered, but it only became a real thing when you were shipwrecked. If you take someone who... Um, honestly looks into the mirror. Now, not the kind of mirrors at the, the, the Dillard's makeup counter. I don't know. Have you ever seen those mirrors? <laughs> I took my daughter once before a prom and she said, I'm going to go get my makeup done at the Merle Norman counter at Dillard's and it's going to be great. And, 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 and the reason she wanted me to go is it was like 50 bucks. And so she goes and she gets her makeup done and, and honey, you already know how to do this. You're 15 years old at the time. You, you understand how to do makeup. Oh no, because they have these mirrors, Lisa, that show wrinkles you didn't know you had. 
and this little <laughs> tiny tube of stuff, even for a teenage girl, that for only 90 bucks will solve that wrinkle. Because these mirrors make you look like you are, you know, just this gigantic person. You know, you're Jack and the Beanstalk's giant because, you know, oh, I've got this giant pour on my head and this cream will make the pour go away. Not those kind of mirrors. You, you don't want to look in those kind of mirrors because the pour, P-O-R-E, will make, you know, if you look at there in their mirrors, you're going to be P-O-O-R because, I mean, you're going to be broke because those mirrors magnify problems. And, and I think that's why some people don't journal. Because they're already so self-destructive and they're already so introspective and they're already so hard on themselves that they would just list out all the things that they, that they are terrible at, all the things they suck at, all the things they're, they're terrified of, all the things they're afraid of. And that's not how God operates. It's just to be able to say, almost like a conversation. And that's what helped me when I started writing in a journal is, is I started writing them as prayers. Dear God, I'm so worried today. Will this ever get better? And sometimes I've got one, Lisa, because now I have a whole bunch through the years. Yeah. And they're just, you know, composition notebooks, basically, little spiral-bound things. But I have one that has a list of people that I love and different things I'm praying for them. And then I have others. It's like, you know, things I've learned yeah. from different experiences. Some of my friends uh, are really good writers, and they're just constantly writing down, like with notepads and sketch pads, and they're just constantly writing down ideas because later they'll write a song about it, or they'll maybe write a book about it, or they'll give a speech about it. And I, and I always admire that, but there's nothing fancy to it other than, here's bravery, getting past the fear and having enough bravery to say, oh, God... There's so much stuff inside that blocks me from being the person I'm supposed to be. And if I can vomit that out on paper and then tear it up if, 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 <laughs> if need be. Yeah. But, but to vomit it out, God, so it's not in between me and you. And I think that's what David did in the Psalms. He just poured out so much pain, sometimes so much anger and hostility. God killed these unrighteous people, killed these hypocrites. And you think, that's not very spiritual, but he poured out all of his anger and resentment and bitterness and fears and doubts. And he always came back around to God. It out, yes. He always came back yes, to God and he, he came did. back closer to God. Yeah, he did. And I think that's, that's the benefit. Yeah, I'm learning so much in this season of my life. This show is helping me so much. <laughs> because Good. just to be an honest person, like God's big enough for me to tell him how I really feel about things. It does not rattle him. And when I'm real and honest, like honest, maybe for like the first times in my life, just being completely honest, then it takes it out from in between me and him. And I'm able to be closer to him. I didn't know this. It's powerful, but it takes being brave to face yourself, to face your fears, to face the truth, to face your temptations, to face your sin, to face your hatred. It just takes being brave. So that's, that's what we're going to do, right? If you're brave, remember part of bravery too is kind of maybe inside feeling scared to death, but knowing it's the right thing. And, and the secret to life is getting started. I, I know there's somebody listening to this show right now and you're thinking, if anybody knew my secrets, I would be mortified. But you can, you can dump that stuff out. Remember, it, you're not, you not going to publish this on a blog for the world to read. It's just to manage your emotions so that you're better able to see God, you're better able to serve God, and you're better able to just walk through the life that God has given you without baggage. Okay, here's a quote from Adam Feldman. He says, this is what you do when you journal. You are recording God's grand 
epic spanning redemptive story as it unfolds in your limited temporal sphere of existence here on earth. Your journal has the potential to record the continuation of the Holy Spirit's work in our world. Dwight Bain was very kind to collect a bunch of different thoughts and quotes about journaling. And if you come to lifewithlisawilliams.com and click where it says blog, you can read some thoughts from some very smart people about the power of journaling. And so it's one of those things that maybe you hear about your whole life, you know, in your brain, cognitively, yes, it would be a good thing if I journal, but that's really for someone else. That's kind of girly. (laughs) That's kind of touchy-feely. That's kind of self-indulgent. But it might be the key for at least one person listening to actually press past the, I think that's a good idea, but I'm not going to put my pen to paper and and take the time. I look back over my last year and it has been epic spanning and I'm ready to start journaling. I started yesterday and it was very cathartic. Your life matters and what you're going through matters. And so be brave, be brave, my friend, and come to lifewithlisawilliams.com to share your thoughts or you can always find out more and reach out to Dwight anytime at dwightbain.com. Well, I mentioned earlier that there's a young up-and-coming comedian and cartoonist who's out of work for the summer because he's between second and third grade, and so he's looking for some work. And so I thought I'd give him, I I thought I'd give the kid a chance to try out some of his material. Um, Please make him feel welcome. It's J.D. Williams. Hello. (laughs) This is my eight-year-old son, and he's been asking to be on the show, and so... He uh, really has some great jokes that he's been working up for you to hopefully bring some joy to your day. So So a third grade class is walking into a frog museum, and a frog expert comes out to explain something about the frogs. Um, It's easy to tell um, boy frogs from girl frogs, she says. A third grade boy raises his hand. Um, How do you know? Then the lady says, the boy frogs eat the girl flies, and the girl frogs eat the boy flies. Another third grade boy raises his hand asking, how do you know which fly, which fly is the boy and which fly is the girl? The frog expert looks at the class and said, I don't know, I'm a frog expert. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be here all week. <laughs> Yay, that's great. That's great. So your aspirations um, when you become an adult, are they still to write cartoons? <laughs> I really want to write cartoons that I'm just going to add lots of jokes in them. Yeah, because that's what makes a cartoon great. Not yeah. just the drawing, but... Yeah, you're right. What's some of your favorites? I do like cartoons about like normal people living a life and like funny stuff happens in, in their life. Yeah, normal people living a life and funny stuff happens in their life. Kind of like us. Yeah, or, or like if you've read this before, like Calvin and Hobbes or something. Yeah, Calvin and Hobbes. Which is a comic book that I've read before that is really entertaining to me. Well, I'm always looking for new talent to be on the show. So if you're not already fully booked for the summer, can you, you know, bring by some of your jokes again to see if you can bring joy to our hearts? Absolutely. J.D. Williams, everybody. Thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> the apple doesn't fall too far from the tree, y'all. So big thanks to future uh, comedian and cartoonist J.D. Williams for giving us some laughter. Thank you to Dwight Bain for sharing his journaling journey and encouraging us to journal our journey to understand bravely what God is doing in our lives. And this thank you is way overdue. Thank you to Tim Sinclair. 
and the developers of Ringer, which is an app, R-I-N-G-R, no E, Ringer, that allows me to record conversations with anyone, anywhere in the world, on any device, and it sounds like we're in the same room at the same time. Ringer, which you can check out through your app store. And a big thank you to Paul Goldsmith, who's the executive producer of Life with Lisa Williams. Listen tomorrow if you can, because a really funny guy who works for Show Hope is going to share with you how the invisible bracelet can make a big difference in an orphan's life. Hashtag thanks for listening.